Welcome to episode five of Everything Hurts, a podcast covering everywhere the life sciences meets the biological sciences. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I'm here with James Heathers. And today we are talking about replicability. James, do we have a replicability crisis? Um, do you think we have a replicability crisis? Oh, I, th- I think there's some big issues there. Big issues? Well, there's big issues everywhere. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is core core to science. You know, you have a result. Can you actually replicate it? Can you find it again? It was it just a fluke the first time? Well, in the case of your research, probably. <laughs> well, not 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 mine specifically, but uh, you know, perhaps. So, perhaps do, the... do you have a personal replicability crisis? Um, I'm going to go with yes. So you have a replicability crisis. Everyone else can go home. <laughs> what about uh, what about your field, though? More strictly speaking, within oh. physiology, what, what, what's the what's the state there? We don't even have a replicability crisis because people are too incompetent to exactly reproduce experiments. Okay, yeah, uh, uh, go on. <laughs> no, I'm just being uncharitable because <laughs> uh, everyone who isn't me that works in my field is a, a swine and a scoundrel, <laughs> more or less entirely incorrect most of the time. Oh, it's so a pe- surprised, you know, you know that. So people are people within physiology actually trying to uh, replicate the results, or do we kind of find something? Oh, that looks good. There was a good method there. Yeah, that's gospel. Let, let let's move on to the next thing. No, I'm I'm being deliberately uncharitable. Um, I think there's been there's been very little talk of replication problems in in just within biological psychology. Certainly, have you seen people talking about this like it's important? It seems to. Uh, it's just, the field's small enough and the people who do it are kind of opaque enough that I don't think they have collective discussions that make it as far as everyone paying attention to them. Yeah, look, I haven't seen much. Uh, I mean, the the bulk of this is really centered around more social psychology, uh, you know. Well, let's 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 make fun of them and and, <laughs> and sort of we, we, sidestep our own obligations. Well, I mean, you have this um this big uh ego depletion work where people uh, I think there was a paper that came out uh, about a month ago or a few weeks ago where there was a big attempt to replicate this um, so-called ego depletion that we have um, uh, that self self-control is a limited resource that uh, acts like a muscle and that over time you can deplete it and um, you know self-control you know goes beyond a specific domain so if you deplete it in one domain it'll actually fall into another domain so this has been uh you know since the uh i'm not sure how long it's been going around for but it's 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 almost quite an entrenched uh idea within social psychology but this uh, recent Ooh. work actually failed to replicate it and the um the the author roy baumeister who um who's published most of the stuff uh, you know, unlike other authors who have become very defensive and said, you know, the other, these other people are wrong, he's come out to say, going, okay, you know, this uh, this is obviously a concern, and uh, he's he's organising his own uh, specific replications because one of the most common things levelled by authors whose work doesn't replicate was, oh, the other people, their methods weren't exactly the same, the lab was different, the temperature was different, different types of students, so. 
I like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I like to, I like it that um, uh, Baumeister in particular has actually taken the, the initiative, and uh, he's gone out to say, okay, I will do, I will lead these replications, I will set the methods. So um, you know, if it doesn't work, then uh, the, there can't be a case of the, the methods weren't good. Um, it's because mm. there wasn't an effect. So I, I, I quite like that. That is that is good. Let's let's that's a, a good example because this is uh, we can use this to put the question into some kind of context. Um, every time you ask a question about a psychological concept, you have to turn the concept into something that you can address on a task basis. So there isn't one thing that's self-control. There's only different experimental versions that are supposed to load on some hypothetical version of self-control. And the paper that you're referring to is, uh, I don't think it's actually published yet. They have a, uh, a regulation task, basically, where it's a computerized task where you have to respond to words that are flashed up in front of you. It's not a self-control thing like, uh, you know, like they give you a pe- sharpened pair of scissors and uh, you could be put into a darkened room with someone that you really don't like and they say, well, you know, no one will ever find out if you decide to give him a bit of a cheeky stabbing. It's a, it's not it's, it's not self-control in all senses. It's self-control in one very specific sense. And in the very specific sense, they try to replicate this, uh, this, this um, I think it's called a letter E task sometimes. Okay. And when they when you use that specific task, um, and then you it's essentially you test people's uh, self control uh, as words are flashed up uh, on on uh, in a screen and serial in front of them. You make a series of responses to them, and you 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 are essentially regulating your behavior over time. And it, how that differs to fatigue, you know, you'll have to read the the um, individual papers to find out. But you get to the end and then they, they, they test the people who've had an easy version of the task versus the people who've had a difficult version of the task. Um, and does this self-control task uh, change your functioning depending on which version of it you've used? Mm. So it's a very common uh, operationalization of self-control that's the thing specifically that didn't work and they tested it in a some asinine amount of labs like 20 or something um and they did it in uh, you know all different locations and uh yeah their collective uh, opinion is that um we tested this in a lot of different contexts and uh nothing works yeah so- and at- and it's interesting that a lot of people come out to say, oh, it was because of the different conditions or different locations. But the thing is, if your effect is so sensitive to these things, is it really a psychological effect? What do you think? Is it, is, it, uh, is it something that is you can collectively assume that is stronger than whatever minor details of human nature are relevant? Or is, yeah. it, well, is it something well, that's really specific to the context? Well, if it is specific to the context, then you can actually test this. Maybe it's only specific to, uh, you know, to white, white. undergraduates in Ohio <laughs> on a Tuesday twenty years ago. Yeah, pr- so that's a little much. too specific to be useful. 
Yeah, but I mean, hey, I mean, it, it's still an effect and you, it's still worth something, but you can't actually say that this is a global thing that, that all people experience. Be specific mm. and if you're going to you know, hypothesize something, actually predict, you know, so many studies come out to say, you know, we, we hypothesize that this would only work in males and not in females. Voila, you have only an effect in males. You know, if you're not, if you're not uh, pre-registering your stuff, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not interested. Yeah, well... That's 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 fair enough. Um, naturally, of course, one of the the easiest ways to hide the fact that you've got no idea what you're doing is to make all of those claims post hoc. Oh, oh, we did expect that we'd have to control for age, and then it would only work in women under the age of thirty-seven, because it's <laughs> one of those specific women effect things. Yeah, we didn't make this up at all. Please give us money. Yeah, basically. Ah, uh, there's look, there's plenty, there's plenty of research like that. But um, we 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 both agree. Well, obviously, we've talked about this in context a lot. We both agree that people are more likely to lie to themselves in the service of an idea they think is correct than they are to lie collectively to the rest of the world because they need the cash. Let's back off to a, a couple of really good points that haven't had enough attention so far um and the first one which i i is struck me continuously from the start is the fact that um they th this uh open science foundation replication where they took a hundred existing studies and then tried to replicate them under yep. identical circumstances um when you are discussing the outcome of that paper, how would you describe it? Didn't look good for science, for Ooh. psychological science. See, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good cant over the whole thing. Like it didn't look amazing. Well, if you look at it very carefully, the thing that keeps getting bandied around is only thirty percent of the things that we tested out of the hundred. Of course, only about thirty studies out of a hundred. Only thirty percent of them replicated and behaved themselves. Right? Mm, yeah. Now, a lot of the time, we you're you're not talking about because you're talking about the the comparison between between effect sizes. It's not just the matter of uh, it worked or it didn't. It replicated or it didn't. A lot of the time, what they found is that they couldn't determine if the replication worked or not, essentially, was that the comparison wasn't sufficient. And that was most of the study. So from memory, it was something like 30% of them directly replicated. 40%, uh, they couldn't tell from the replication whether or not it was it was sufficient it was whether or not the replication was sufficient to be congruent with the null hypothesis and then 30% of them really didn't work so in other words how many of these studies successfully replicate well there um as far as i'm aware it's just my interpretation of it that answers somewhere between 30% and 70% mm, depends so, how you define it yeah, well, the imprecision, the imprecision, there's a degree of imprecision there. As I, we can't make a determination, though, is not the study failed to replicate completely. Yeah. Mm. So, and then I noticed um, a few weeks ago, there was those authors that came out to actually uh, wrote a letter 
saying, well, maybe things aren't as bad uh, as we think. Was it was it uh, Gilbert and... Uh... Dan Gilbert, that thing that he wrote? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, a... what was the gist of that? Was it? I think it was almost um, around. Uh... Yeah, look, we don't want to get into the, the, the. I mean, our vanishingly small number of people who have the patience to listen to us talk about this stuff. The actual guts of what they said. Suffice to say, the first version of that that I read, they had some random interpretation of confidence intervals that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. I don't think those people have the slightest idea what they're talking about. Um, it made very good headlines. Uh, another group of psychologists disagree with original group of psychologists that everything is broken, saying everything is in fact fantastic. Um, but I, I think the the concerns were there's there's a few minor points that um, I don't think really it was um, it's worth paying much attention to. Um, there's still it didn't it didn't it was sophistry for the most part. It didn't really make anything go away. Trust me, you don't want to do the details, and I'd have to I'd have to go and look them up, and then we'd have to have a very technical podcast, <laughs> a very technical podcast. And we, you know, we already start hammering into ideas that are inadequately defined because of your complete inability to groundwork the ideas that you're trying to communicate. So, you know. Just get worse and worse and worse. We both have things that we need to work on. We had a conversation about this. The thing that Dan needs to work on is actually introducing ideas before he talks about them because he has this thing where if he if he thinks them, he instantly assumes that because you're listening to them, then the entirety of the background is suddenly being communicated yeah, and you of know course. what's going on. Um, I have a problem that in my recorded voice, I sound like a complete sociopath and um, I need to be nicer because I come across horribly. Is, is that specific feedback <laughs> that, you've, that you've gotten back? Um, or more yes. self... Uh... Yes, but so your problem is introducing stuff. My problem is that I sound like a genuinely terrible human being. So, yeah, I mean, look, they, obviously they differ in magnitude of we'll, problem. We'll, uh, we'll get there. I don't know, maybe episode episode 10. Yeah, well, what, what we originally we originally said that it, uh, there would be uh, teething problems with the way yeah. that information is presented. But um, yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably try to do some other podcasts relatively soon when other other people who are more focused than we are, um, and honestly ask less uh, less difficult questions than you. If you just ask me some process questions about research that I do, I'll sound super clever. Um, <laughs> but you know, you ask you ask broad, open ended, difficult questions about stuff. Um now we've we have we have gone meta here, haven't we? Let's let's, A little let's, bit. let's swing it let's swing it back here. Um, I said before there were uh, uh, a couple of points about this um, Open Science Foundation thing. One was the fact that uh, we're not making a determination between it did work, it didn't work. There was a, mathematically, there was a, a gray zone was in the middle. Um, the other thing was that the majority of these things, maybe all of them, I'm not, I can't specifically remember. The Most of these most of these studies were chosen in the first place due to their ability to be replicated. Yeah. You know? 
We're not talking about in some way, oh, well, we did an interesting linguistic study on the lost hill people of New Guinea, and uh, we got access to our local friendly anthropologist and took a light plane to the top of the mountain and met all of these amazing people. Um, that's not the stuff that's being replicated. It's Captain Donkey's wacko computer task that's telling you stuff, uh, the self-regulation sort of thing, not very interesting. So there's a class of study. I feel mm. that is the the what they've addressed when they're saying we're going to do social science stuff as a particular kind of social science study that has been replicated that is narrower than thirty percent of it doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. Look, this would be this would be a disaster in HIV. It's a it, physiological stuff, the models, the things that I do a lot of the time. Here's the respiratory trace. Here's the blood pressure. Here's the heart rate. Here's the thing that we change. Change the angle. Change the drug. Change the task. Annoy the person with a big stick. Make them run on a treadmill. These things that are several, is... several steps away from psychological sorts of questions. There's absolutely no question whatsoever when we're talking about how they work was that we were we're talking about essentially in the, the the research that we do how we're organizing different elements of variance that we've correctly collected it's not mm. in the it's not in the area of like oh we gave all the people a scary task and we hoped that scary task was adequately scary and then if we ever went to do it again it would be scary in the same way um that kind of thing only you have to get a, to a certain degree within the psychological umbrella to have a meaningful com conversation about whether or not this is, you know, this replication stuff should be exactly the same way. Um, so I've been at kind of an arm's length from a lot of this, and I don't work in, you know, if I worked in oxytocin, I'd be a lot more concerned. Yeah, so th there was this um, this paper that came out uh, a few weeks ago, which oh, yeah. was um, looking at, uh, I think it was titled "Opening the File Drawer." Oh, was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you know oh, I've done. Oh, I've done a good segue. I've done a good. Oh no, hang on. Now I've ruined it by pointing it out. <laughs> no, okay, you can't yes, do that. Right. <laughs> let's 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 move on. So we, there was this paper that came out um, from a group. I believe they're from Belgium. And um, yeah. they published, uh, I think it was at least uh, four or five different papers over the years. I think over the you know past sort of five six years, looking at a variety, a variety of effects. Um, but then uh, what they did was for this paper was they actually um, presented the results for all the data they've collected. So I believe there was twelve or thirteen. I think there was. Um, 10, 10 studies in total or 12 or 13 defend, dependent variables that they're looking at. So does oxytocin change this thing? Um, so by presenting this, they actually showed, well, okay, we've tested all these things. Um, only five were actually published. And of those five, only one actually presented a null result. I don't remember what that study was. Mm. Um, so they're basically saying, you know, we have, we have quite, a, quite a big problem here. Um, you know, if, if the, the, the basic gist of the paper was, if this is happening in our lab and we're being completely honest about it, which is great, and I, I think it's fantastic that they did that, imagine how much this is going on in other oxytocin labs that aren't presenting their data. 
what are they hiding? Is there enormous publication bias here? So, you know, of course, the, um, you know, the uh, quite a lot of people uh, uh, jumped on this as, as proof that, uh, you know, we have this uh, enormous publication bias problem in, in, in psychology. Um, yeah, and, and I, I agree to an extent. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of labs out there which aren't presenting their data. Um, and a lot of it comes back down to the fact that um, many journals, this is changing though nowadays, but many journals do not publish null results, generally hmm. speaking. Yeah. Um, you know, but well, even if they don't have a formal policy on it a lot of the time, um, oh, no, anyone, anyone who's maintaining their, who's curating their journal in terms of, oh, look at us, isn't it cute and interesting and clever? Um, they have no formal policy around null results as much as if you present them with one, what you're saying is uh, we had an amazing idea and it didn't work. Yeah. In other words, uh, something else is going on. Well, it's less psychologically satisfying to receive that because, you know, narrow the something else down. You know, keep rooting around until you find something that did happen. Don't tell us something that didn't happen is the natural response to that. And that will never really go away to some degree. If you have a, a journal that only accepts a certain amount of information as publishable, yeah, and it, it's good that journals, there are now more and more journals that you can actually submit to that will publish these things that, that publish stuff uh, based on its scientific merit. Um, I do actually, I have actually heard of a few journals which are considering um, uh, when they send papers out for review that um, originally, at least when it goes to the associate editor or when they send it out to review the first time, they actually um, omit the, uh, the discussion and the results. So you assess the paper, looking at the introduction, okay, what's the rationale here? Looking at the methods, okay, are these methods appropriate to actually um, answer this question? And then if you look at that, that's, that's almost the first round of review. Is, does this paper ask an interesting question regardless of the result? And if it does, then it goes to the next round. And then you can see, oh, cool, there was a result here, there wasn't a result here. Um, but yeah, I, I know there's a few journals that are, that are considering or, or already doing this, um, um, but I think it's pretty rare within psychology. Uh, but yeah, but back to this um, uh, oxytocin stuff. So you're, you're finding the situation where there's there's potential um, publication bias in the field. Um, but one one thing about the paper is um, the authors conclude, okay, we, we either have two situations here. Um, it, it doesn't work. And um, a lot of people are, are, are hiding their null results. Um, or the second uh, alternative is that um, our methods just aren't good enough and we need to better understand what's actually going on what's the best dose yeah all all this kind of stuff here um which no one really mentioned everyone's jumping on the fact that yeah look oxytocin probably doesn't work but people aren't actually looking and and discussing well maybe maybe the methods aren't uh yeah look this is the thing they they they, they do yeah we we got four results that worked and one that didn't we got five papers out of 17 studies or whatever what no one's that lab could be awful you know, the, the the basic parameters of the experiment could be utterly unjustified by the physiology involved. It could mm. be it could be dicey. There could be factors we don't know about the collection. Like seventeen studies in the absence of any me- method of quality. Uh, I don't know. Look, um, there's so much bad work in HRV. If you said if it, this was an equivalent and it was something like directly that I did, I'd, I'd start looking at the studies and try and find out whether or not they had even though the basic markers of quality available, you know? What, so are these what, do you, what, do you, what do you personally look at? Let's say it's within a physiology or HRV study. 
and you've you do it, you're going to do a quick five minute scan. What yeah. what do you do? What what what's your go to for markers of of quality? Methods. Um, would you start off start off with um. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of steps involved when it, you're you're turning a sequence of of heartbeats into information. Um, the most crucial one where most people get it wrong is like what what is the actual calculation that you actually used at the determination where you're turning variance into autonomic information? And there's lots and lots and lots and lots of calculations that aren't justified to use. So you know. Oh, it didn't work, but it didn't exist. You might as well just add them all up and divide it by seven, throw it at a wall and see what sticks. You know, and if it, if that doesn't matter, they go, oh, well, some of it worked and some of it didn't. Or what are you expecting? None of it means anything. Mm. It's, um, yeah, so look, I, I, I don't, I, you don't need to concern yourself with a lot of that stuff. I know people who work in the hard sciences do exactly the same stuff. Oh, this person published this paper on this, they go, oh, we don't care. Why not? Because we have. The, I don't trust their methods enough to engage with the question of whether or not the result is right and whether or not it's theoretically correct. Because I don't think that the causal chain of carefully investigating individual elements within the the actual science is like I don't trust that to a sufficient extent that I need to make a determination of like whether or not the thing holistically makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know, because like, say the biggest idiot that you knew built a bridge, yeah, yeah, and you've got a car full of you with, and the car's full of like all your family and your pets and probably some really valuable artwork that you'd miss if it fell into a river. I don't know. So you know, I don't know why I'm thinking of that. I don't know. I had the MFA in my mind today. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, yeah, my family, yeah, and then then the the, the back seat's full of John Henry Sargent or something like that. Something I personally miss. There, good. <laughs> All right. So, when it comes to like the idiot bridge, do we drive over the idiot bridge? No, we don't drive over the idiot bridge. Well, if you really had to, what would you do? Well, you have to go out and check every single bolt. Is it a complete waste of time? It's probably a waste of time because the person who built the bridge is an idiot. Yeah. So you're more you're more talking about track record then. So it's, it's, no, not know. not even necessarily track record. People who are extremely experienced who turn up and write stuff that's garbage. Um, look, track record doesn't count for very much when you've got a person. If you're talking like from a methodological perspective, as I think of this from a methodological perspective, um, there's a lot of senior people who don't read science that their name is on. <laughs> Why are you laughing? They don't. Because it's true. It's true. It's people. I know like, senior researchers who, like, from my research gate or my, my Google alerts or one of my journal RSS feeds, so, like, I see something from them every two to six weeks. They're turning stuff out. They've got multiple postdocs and multiple students and multiple universities writing multiple papers about a variety of topics. They're not carefully supervising all of this data coming in. Hell, they're barely even, they're looking at these things and they'll help, they'll help you copy edit it, they'll structure it the right way around, they'll stick their special little name on it to make it more impressive. But at some point in time, you make a decision when you get to a certain level, when you're of a certain reputation, that there's oversight that you can't immediately give. 
to stuff that you're doing because your job increasingly is not doing science anymore it's funding science and managing science yeah, yeah. right so if some if it turns up and i go oh well so who's who's this person ah oh, some random people from wherever and extremely senior science gentleman and senior science professor lady um yeah they got nothing to trade on them starting from scratch every single time yeah i don't care how long it takes so but it's some you know it's some new group turns up and the person's right there his young junior investigator woman with her postdoc who's this dude and there's this other person and they're all from the place where they did the work um you know and they care about the quality of the work and the, the methodology is right i'm more likely to trust that i don't care how senior you are have you uh ever asked you know authors for data all the time all the time yeah they hate it they hate it what? look the you can't hide stuff in you can't hide stuff in data so people feel exposed even when you're fully entitled to have it like people publishing in journals where a condition of publication is if i ask for your data so i can look at the guts of your experiment uh, I'm entitled to do that as a member of the research community. And I very much am a member of the research community. I'm not some random hack who's just annoying people in the middle of the night by requesting spreadsheets. Although, wouldn't that be the worst <laughs> fetish ever? Oh. My God. Um, but there are people who were published in these journals and you write and say, uh, I want to see your data. And they'll write back and go, no, absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. Uh, mm. They stick their tongue at you and uh, leave it. Now that's in a thing. You're like your condition of publication says I can have that data, but uh, they won't. They won't actually send it to you. It's because of the way that this is. It's because of the way that criticism is viewed. What I'm getting around to is a reason why I don't take it like, oh, it's a replication crisis seriously, because there's all of these other problems of process that are bad. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact that you can't, people can't see you in the role as asking for their data to look into what's happening in their experiments. Something that I would be happy, I think, a lot if I had some relatively controversial experiments and that someone who maybe even knew more than me who would come along and look exactly at my data and they would scrutinize it and, and tell me what the hell was going on. I'd like to stand behind what I did and maybe I'm completely incorrect and someone would help me find out. Someone's interested enough in my work to do that, but people do not see it that way. The moment you're on the record of uh, like this, uh, the moment you're on the 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 roster is someone who's a, a ostensibly critical um it everything starts to occupy a real funny place and people yeah. get really weird about it so yeah you know i don't get too hung up on did the did the study exactly reproduce itself well i can't get the data for that study to look at it or the author won't talk to me or the it takes the journal 9 months to read my cranky letter about how the the thing is completely busted we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time or a framework to criticize the stuff that we know is bad that will never replicate that's already in print. Look, that, that, that's why it's good that you know, there's a few journals. There's actually a journal that, that we're working with for a, for a current paper who strongly encourage, but basically it's a requirement. Oh, no, it's not a requirement. They strongly encourage that you, you, you post the data and um and it's something that we're doing for this for this particular paper and uh you know and the amazing thing is sorry who's we this paper that me and you're writing hiv one one of the Which... many ones 
which which what 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 are you doing what filthy you're appending my name to you dishonest <laughs> man you know the uh you know we're looking at uh hiv and worry oh oh i can't remember yeah. where you send it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, i know that paper that's fine yeah 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 so for, for this one um and you know what the incredible thing is when you when you know your data is going to be uh, going to be public, the the quality and the amount of times you double check your scripting and your results uh, mm. multiplies multiplies yeah. tenfold. I think it's a good thing, um, you know, because it just makes you more careful. Not necessarily that uh, someone else is going to is going to catch you out in a potential mistake, but it makes you just uh, you know take extra precautions. There, I, I think that's a good thing. That's that's a particularly good thing. Um, I I really like the idea of doing that. Um, I like the idea that you're double checking so you don't make us look silly when that happens. <laughs> well, because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do that analysis. If that's wrong, then you're dragging me down with you. No, no, no. Don't do that. A... Don't drag me down. No, I don't. I'm do down. That. I'm down far enough. Look at my head. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, that'll um in the next few months that'll be out there, and then uh, you, the listener, can even have a look through our data. And uh, yeah, and, so knock yourself out. I mean, I can't think of what you'd want to, but, um, <laughs> but look, it's a it's a really specific thing. Like the the, the mm, I put it in perspective from someone who's who's asked for it. The majority of the time, there's two reasons why you'd ask in the first place. One is because there's something that you just don't quite understand a lot of the time. I suppose it could come under the heading of a reasonable suspicion. That something's gone, that something's gone wrong, that something's not the way that it should be, that there's a problem. Um, but that's also, I have to be pretty motivated to want to get your data and look at it. It has to be an important, it has to be another reason. I mean, if you try and engage with everything you read that's wrong or even a bit dodgy, you're never going to do any of your own work. So what? That you've sort of become this weird self-appointed arbiter of other people's correctness. So it has to be like in the service of a particular idea. And the other thing, which is a much more interesting, um, a much more interesting scenario, is when you think there's an alternative explanation that's more interesting than the one that's been offered. So in many mm. respects, that uh, if you find what you're looking for, you're probably going to improve the result because you know you're going to write the yeah, look, we found something that's even better than what you said. And here's an alternative explanation that you want to consider. And then, you know, you don't even need to publish that. Just give it back to the authors and go there. If you run it again, you can publish that and you'll look super <laughs> clever. I don't care. Take the credit. It's fine. Mm. So that's obviously a much better reason to want to engage with it um, because you think that there's more to it as it can be improved, as a, there's a, a, a reason to try and get your hands on it. But, you know, sometimes it's the relatively boring reason that there's something wrong with it. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, also, the, the reason that people don't do criticism in public like that is because you've got this, there's a very, very weird environment around it, you know? People are people are, are not. It's not. It's not well received. This idea, of like science, is a self-correcting mechanism. Well, a lot of the time, it's not self-correcting very hard. No. Uh, there's just sort of holes where 
people people do their own work, push their own agenda, and a lot of the time they don't come into conflict very much. It becomes a matter of uh, you've got your own research sort of agenda, and it's it's what you can justify within that. And a lot of the time they don't really overlap with other people. Um, so you know that becoming a that becoming a problem again. It's a good thing. Why would I worry about replication when that's a problem? Like we understand sometimes that things don't replicate, but yeah, we already have a we already have a culture where people's work is uh, sufficiently disconnected that they don't critically engage with stuff that already exists. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, it's um. I don't mean to like be horribly negative and you say, well, what about all this stuff about replication? I go, oh, there's several reasons I don't worry about it because we're already screwed for all these other reasons. <laughs> it's not, it's not an amazing, it's not an amazing sort of framework for it. But yeah, yeah. look, there's a lot of, I think for a, a lot of people who work in science, there's a lot of systematic problems where how well does this stuff directly replicate is one one thing it's not like the uh, the people presenting this it's the end game science has to do the replications if it doesn't it's something else completely there's a lot of framework for understanding stuff going wrong and it's not just does it directly replicate we've got cultural problems we've got problems with the systems that we use for publication we've got a lot of other stuff that goes along with it so yeah. you know What's a what have what have you have we have we just got something published? Um, we have well, we got something accept, accepted for publication. That that's close the, enough. Yeah, that's there. Uh, you go. Put, put put that in the CV. So this this is going to be um, you know, we, we've been working on this idea for almost more than a year. Do you, do you think? Mm, about yeah, that? it's been about that. Maybe yeah, a little less. So many many months, if not a year. Yeah, so I think we'll absolutely have to um, dedicate an episode specifically talking about this paper. Um, but um, yeah, I th- you know it should be out within the next few weeks. And uh, yeah, that was really exciting to to get that out there. Should we talk? Should we talk about what it's about? Yeah, mm. yeah. Why not? Why mm. not? Okay, so uh, for this particular paper, um, we have put together a set of guidelines for reporting studies on HIV within psychiatry, and we even gave it a acronym because if you want your work to be cited, you have to have an acronym. And what we- <laughs> Either that or it's easier than just writing down some drivel six or 7,000 times in the course <laughs> of the paper. But yeah, you know, also it looks cool, I suppose. But it, it, also, it also looks cool. So... Um, yeah, so we've, we're proposing this and we've called it GRAPH, Guidelines for Reporting Heart Rate Variability Studies in Psychiatry. Now, of course, these guidelines are applicable to uh, psychology and basically any biobehavioral science where you are recording heart rate variability um, and, uh, and looking at a thing. But, uh, you know, one of the main reasons why we did this is that there's not much uh, standardization when it comes to the reporting mm. of, so, of, the, of these studies. Right. So now we have a standard. The only thing we need now is for people to read the paper and accept the fact that there is a standard as opposed to ignore it completely. Um, <laughs> that's the next is, that's, that's Which the next is step. handy. Um, yeah. Look, what the good thing, the good thing about this paper is that... Um, 
is that we get to use it. You're going through and you know, we've got all these things. We made a series of analytical decisions. How do we justify them? We've got a whole paper on that. Go read the damn paper. Mm. Um, that's the part that I like is the fact that it can be, it can be used like that. You know, you could series of a series of decisions that you had to make along an analysis pathway. How do we justify the analysis pathway? Go read the damn paper. Yeah. Um, the acid test, of course, will be if anyone else reads the stupid thing and uses it to inform what they're doing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're not sufficiently old that we get credence just by being old. So the paper's going into a marketplace of ideas where people are under no obligation to play attention. Yeah. So obviously that's concerning. And um, I don't want to write papers about protocol anymore. I don't think people read them that much, really, or as much as they should. But, you know, I told, I, I told um, someone the other day, so I wrote a paper in 2014 and, you know, and it's, it's, there's a lot of seminal results in it. It's important. And I think, I hope people are reading it and I said, oh, it's only got 20 citations in two years and that's bullshit. The, the response to which was stop thinking so short term. Why are you so impatient and unpleasant? Um, the response to which is obvious because I am impatient and unpleasant. So that's <laughs> obviously how I come across. Um, but you know, you want people to jump on these ideas and, and adopt them and use them to, you know, I mean, but it, it takes stuff. time. It, yeah, it really does. It really and, does. But and, I never and, feel like I have any time and, um, I want people to be as aggressive as this stuff as, as I am. And when they don't do that, I consider it to be because they're horrible, um, well, which isn't really fair, is it? Yeah, so I think with this one as well, because a lot of this stuff is baked into the actual research designer methods, you know, the, the, the process from actually sitting down and designing a study, publish, uh, doing it and publishing it, it can take, could take forever. So, mm. you know, if, if we do see, you know, citations, it, it potentially might not might take uh, quite a while to actually get there. Yeah, I don't have years, man. I want things <laughs> to change now. I want it all to change yesterday. Come on, don't you feel like that? Oh, you of course. Patient. Oh, right. Yeah, I want to. I want to. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Good. we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to wait and see. Well, I suppose so, man. But well, um, yeah. Look, we um, I thought we were very patient putting it together, as per usual. Um, I provided the the finest of um angry dot points and assistance. Just just caps, buy. caps everywhere. Yep. A lot of, uh, he took out all the, I put in a lot of uh, word comments that had swearing in them. Um, focused swearing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. we'll, 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 definitely, um, we'll definitely do a, an entire episode just on the paper and, and, and aspects of it. Um, when it, um, it sh- oh, I'm guessing it'll be online, at least within the month. Um, yeah, this, this... when it's in, like, and it's out, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this journal's I've published it before. It's relatively quick, quick, quicker than okay. most, quicker than most. It's got what's the impact? Whatever. I know it doesn't matter, but it puts it in perspective. Uh, impact factor of this is a touch under six of this particular uh, journal. Well, it's just not going to change anything with how many how many times the papers actually cited. I mean, that's yeah. What it's it it's is. on the, it's it's on the it's on the up this one anyway, and it's open access, which I think is going to have more people reading it as that's, well. One of my favorite criteria for choosing something. 
Yeah. And particularly for this kind of paper because we wanted as many people reading it as possible. So, uh, you know, when it came to where we we're going to submit, it was pretty much always going to be um, an open access journal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, and we I'm, get the herrings to pay for it, which is charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Get the fund, the old fund, which is, yeah, uh, yeah just good to the, have. The old, the old fund is some colossal oil money science slush fund thing from Norway where they have the extreme decency to pay open access publishing fees if you send anything to an open access just journal, just gold a, gold open access though just a just a fantastic deal like a, a good use of i mean if you have to give the rapacious multi-headed beast of academic publishing money there's one context in which you can probably justify slinging a little of it to them so i i, I like that Again, the Norwegians win again. Having They're a winning. good system, yeah, yeah. that's a, that. That happens a lot in our conversations. As uh, finishes with um, the Norwegians winning. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now we can leave it there. We will. We will wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you again for listening. If you've made it this far, we uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the comments that we receive on on Twitter and on on Facebook. Um, if you're not following us, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at uh, at Hertz Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook just by searching for um, Everything Hurts Podcast, and you can even send us an email at uh, Everything Hurts Podcast at gmail Thank you, James. Till next time. Mm, you're welcome. Bye.